Today's show is brought to you by Capilano Biotic Honey. Biotic Honey is 100% pure Australian honey that contains naturally occurring prebiotics. It's my favorite sweetener for tea, a key ingredient in my jalapeno lime margaritas, my secret to chewier cookies, and it's perfect for dressings or for drizzling over my morning yogurt. Best of all, Biotic helps support gut and digestive health with 340 milligrams of naturally occurring prebiotic oligosaccharides per serving. These prebiotics help nourish good gut bacteria, which is even more important for keeping us healthy during the winter months. You can grab your own Biotic Honey at Walmart and walmart.com starting at $9.98. Welcome back to another episode of the Benefit Podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Joy Garcia, and today we are joined by a dear, dear friend of mine. I love her so much, and I look up to her in so many ways. She is the author of the amazing runaway bestseller, Eat the Yolks. If you don't have it, you should absolutely add it to your holiday wish list. Co-host of the Balanced Bites podcast. She's a safer skincare expert. Y'all, she started talking about this before anyone was talking about it. She's who I learned it all from. And she's the founder of the new babe program, Baby Making and Beyond, talking about none other than the Liz Wolf. Welcome to the show, Liz. Uh, I had to mute myself because I was like, <laughs> runaway bestseller. You're too nice to me. I like you. <laughs> That's what I remember. I remember, I, you know, you just cheer for your friends. And when you come out with something, you sit there and watch on the edge of my seat. And I remember watching Eat the Oaks do so well. And I was just like, ah. We just, did okay. Yeah, we did all right for a book with that many words in it. <laughs> it had a lot of words. Yeah. I read, I'll be, I'll be honest. I think I read 75% of them. It's okay. Um, but maybe I read it all. I feel like well, I read it all. There's an audiobook, right? So that's right. And you read all day. And you have the best voice. I want to listen to you all day long. Oh, geez. That's funny. My Which kid does not do. agree. <laughs> Which you could do. Also, if you agree with me, you could tune into the Balance Bites podcast, which Liz co-hosts with Diane Sanfilippo. Indeed. Well, thank you for joining us today. I wanted to chat about Pick Your Brain. <laughs> on safer skincare approach to dry winter skin. This is something that has plagued me personally for years and years. And I would get so excited for the holidays. It's my favorite time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And then all of a sudden, when I'm going out to parties and slathering on my sparkly eyeshadow and all my fun makeup, I'm also looking in the mirror and cringing because I have a dry forehead, dry cheeks. It's just awful. Um, Not to mention dry arms and legs. And it just feels like sometimes when you suffer from dry skin, you just can't get caught back up until the weather changes. So I would love it if you could share some pearls of wisdom. Um, you're the person, so, so y'all know listening, This Liz is the one, I have a brain buster. Liz is the one that I call Voxer, email, text, um, asking, <laughs> pleading for questions. And so I figured I would ask her these questions, but record our conversation <laughs> and share it with everybody. So what would be some of your tips? I know that there are some environmental things we should probably consider um, yes. But what's, what's going on? Why does our skin get so dry in these cooler months? 
So it's actually really simple, like infuriatingly simple. And this is, this is me every year, like the day we have, like that one day where you have a nice day and it's fall and it's like 68 degrees and you have a fleece on, but you don't need your scarf yet. And then the next day it's like 26 degrees. It's that literally like that's how long it takes for me to all of a sudden look in the mirror and feel like, what happened? Like I, all the moisture just literally got sucked from my body. And that's actually kind of what happens, way oversimplifying it. But literally the second it gets cold, and I don't want, know what the temperature threshold is, but the second it gets cold, the air also becomes much less humid. And so when there's less moisture in the air, Basically, the moisture balance of the air around you and your skin, the air starts literally stealing moisture from your body. It's, rude. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Why? And so you get really dry. And so you kind of need to, there's no one way to fix that. Unfortunately, you kind of have to, I think in the summer and fall, we kind of are getting away with stuff, especially skincare Mm -hmm. in the summer. I mean, obviously nobody likes sweating off their makeup all day long, but at the same time, we have nice, plump, dewy, glowy skin because in most places, Mm -hmm. the air is much more humid and we kind of get away with it. Like maybe we don't hydrate as much as we should, or we don't eat the right foods, or we're not like being as consistent with the skincare routine. And we get away with that until the temperature drops. And then all of a sudden, like all manner of sins are revealed and we must (laughs) atone for all of them at once. Oh my goodness. That's so interesting. I'm, there's probably a small handful of listeners out here thinking, gosh, I've never had that problem. It's probably because they're much better about their skincare routine and they stay more hydrated more diligently I than I do. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Very interesting. So uh, does diet, I mean, I, I'm about to deep dive a bunch of pies and some eggnog amongst other goodies this time of year. Does that have an impact on skin as well? Or is it really environmental? No, diet has no impact on your skin whatsoever. (laughs) I've just been trying to, uh, yeah. No, um, thinking about the Thai food that we ordered last night because I needed it. I needed it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, diet absolutely does. And it's, it's not the only thing, but it's a pretty foundational thing. I mean, in particular, how hydrated you are, and obviously you want electrolytes as well. We get those from eating healthy, nourishing foods. Um, it's not just you know Gatorade or bone broth or whatever you want to, whatever you want to drink. But it also is if you're eating enough fruits and vegetables, you need to be eating nutrient dense foods in general because you'll get all those lovely electrolytes and the cofactors that helps your body use them, things like that. And it's interesting. There are some supplements that can help with your skin. In particular, I would say ceramides can help a little bit with this whole moisture problem. But at the same time, I don't know enough about ceramides as a supplement to confidently say like, we we mm. know this is completely safe, like go right ahead, it'll fix the problem. So I know some people right now have are talking a lot about ceramides as a as a dietary supplement, I'm still not sure how I feel about them. So if anybody's wondering, I'm still on the fence about that. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm taking notes. Um, okay. I'm going to look into that as well. Maybe we'll be cutting edge of all of that research and literature coming out. 
I also, I mean, it could be the best thing ever to happen to skincare. I don't know. And I'm certainly a fan of ceramides at the surface of the skin, like in skincare mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. I just am not a hundred percent sure how they work internally. So I think you're probably better off versus taking a bunch of supplements, probably just concentrating on being well hydrated, eating nutrient dense foods, eating healthy fats, which mm-hmm. would be a spectrum of fats. It wouldn't just be one thing. It wouldn't just be downing olive oil or eating a lot of pumpkin seeds or eating butter or tallow or whatever it is. It's kind of a little bit of everything is the approach that I would take. Not only because different fats do different things, um, but also because different sources of fats also tend to contain different nutrients. So pumpkin seeds have you know, good, healthy fats in them, but they also have zinc and they also have other good stuff. And then grass-fed uh, dairy fat, so ghee or butter would have a little bit of vitamin A and a little bit of vitamin K. And so you're also getting a broader spectrum of nutrients if you're focusing on different types of fats throughout the day. And that's not to say you have to eat tablespoons of tallow every morning, just, mm-hmm. you know, cook your eggs in some ghee and then have uh, some pumpkin seeds for a snack and, you know, have some coconut oil on your salmon, whatever it is, just normal stuff, but just making sure it's varied. Oh, I really like that. That's a great tip. And then hydration wise, do you have a rough, um, a rule of thumb that you go by when it comes to calculating how do we really stay hydrated throughout the day? I don't. I was having this conversation actually with a trainer at the gym (laughs) the other day because we were kind of kind of giggling at the the guy, you know, carrying around a full, literally a full gallon of water just all around the gym. And I'm like, why is he, that seems excessive for one workout. And the trainer was like, no, it's just to make, he's making sure that he drinks a full gallon of water at some point during the course of the day. And I was like, okay, but maybe like just refill one water bottle four times. <laughs> Not, you know, splitting hairs, but the guy was carrying around a full gallon of water and I thought it was kind of funny. And I also thought it was excessive. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess it kind of depends, obviously, if you're a performance athlete or, you know, depending on who you are, different people might need significantly more than others. But my rule of thumb is A, you probably need to be drinking more than I'm drinking on a regular basis because I'm (laughs) very bad about hydration. But you probably just need to focus mostly on really hydrating foods and drinking water or something water-ish, whether, whether that's like broth or you know, some kind of nourishing tea, nettle tea or something like that, something that's basically water and nutrients mm-hmm. consistently throughout the day. And if you're working out or doing something really rigorous, then hydrate well before and after. I really, really think that this idea that we need to be peeing clear I, I, I do not agree with that. <clears throat> I don't think that that's true. I, I don't think that it even really particularly comes out of any science that mm-hmm. I've seen. So that to me is just total overkill. And I don't want to be peeing 75 times a day. That's, that's excessive and that's hard on your body. So generally hydrating whole foods, whole pieces of meat and whole vegetables and whole fruits. Those are all water rich foods making sure you're getting some hydration throughout the day and then before and after rigorous activity. And then if you're still thirsty, then drink, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. I love that. So just keep it top of mind and not necessarily something to obsess over. Just curious as a teeny weensy bit off topic, but where do you fall on sparkling water? Do you have a take on sparkling water? It's a question. I get a lot. Really good question. So I was kind of, mm, you know how... 
how people will get kind of scared of it. Like, oh, you shouldn't drink that because, you know. It causes cellulite. That's, I think, the biggest Google <laughs> result. Seriously? Oh my God. <laughs> is this correlation or is this causation? Um, <laughs> I, you know, people get kind of freaked out about that. And I used to kind of be in camp, don't freak out about stuff like that. And I also used to be in camp, um, coffee is not actually dehydrating unless you're eating, drinking like eight mm. cups per day, which I guess is probably what some people are doing. And Maybe I've been there, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but I did actually stop drinking sparkling beverages when I realized I was experiencing heightened tooth sensitivity. Hmm. And so I cut those out and relatively quickly my tooth sensitivity decreased. So I'm kind of back in that middle camp where it's like, that's something to enjoy you know, with a nice dinner or intermittently but I definitely had to pull back from like the one or two or three mm-hmm. sparkling beverages every day. Cause I was really enjoying that because water can be boring, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to me too. And kind of sad. Maybe I need to self-assess because I'm definitely in the two to three sparkling waters yeah. a day camp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are worse habits, but. That's <laughs> true. It's better than the diet Dr. Pepper, which is what I evolved from. And see, my problem recently has been that I discovered the live soda, um, like Dr. Pepper. Oh no! Canned beverage they're doing now because I can't. I don't do caffeine at all anymore, so I've stopped drinking kombucha as well. It's incredibly sad, but live uh, soda has come up with a beverage that has like uh, probiotics in it, and it tastes like Dr. Pepper, and it's carbonated. And so I was getting a little bit too into those. <laughs> I had to pull back from those as well. Oh, so interesting. Okay, but as far as we know, it's not going to further dehydrate your skin. As far as I know. I don't know why it would. And in fact, there's some interesting stuff that I've read about, like carbon dioxide, like bubbly drinks, and how those might be beneficial to the body, but none of it is none of it is settled in my mind. Mm-hmm. Got you. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so we've covered what's going on in the environment food approaches, nourishing from the inside out. Now, can we dive in? This is probably the part that most people are like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, all right, eat healthy. I know, I get it. (laughs) They're like, what can I slather on my face right now? So what do we need to be looking for once we've crossed off the low-hanging fruit of eat well, stay hydrated, um, and just be aware that the seasons are changing? Yes, I really like this question. Oh, good. What are some things that we can start looking for in products in particular uh, that we can start putting on our face that will help with that? I, I don't know if we need to repair moisture barriers or if we just need to keep more moisture on our skin in general. Well, it's both, Cassie Joy. Did I, did I give away <laughs> too much? <laughs> no, you nailed it. That was so good. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. And oh, I forgot one thing um, that I was going to say earlier is get a humidifier. If you don't have, mm. like even if you have a whole house humidifier somewhere in the dungeon of your basement attached to the thing that circulates things in your house, I don't know. I'm not a handyman. I don't know all the words. <laughs> But even if you have a whole house humidifier, it's not enough. Get a separate humidifier and put it in your bedroom because nighttime is like, that is that would be a wasted, you know, six, mm. eight, 12, however lucky you are in sleep. That would be a wasted hours where you could really be protecting your skin from further moisture loss while you're oh, sleeping. So get a good humidifier. 
That is such a good tip. And you know what other thought flashed in my mind when you were talking about moisture in the air is much lower, yada, yada. I have this image of women who are really, really on top of it, wanting to put like a space suit on. Like walk around in a yes. goldfish bowl. <laughs> yeah, like what uh, wrestlers do when they're trying to cut weight. Like just this, yeah, like a breathing tube, like a straw out the, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, I digress. Okay, yes, tell me, tell me more about what I can slather on my face. Okay, slathering. Well, first of all, so I just wrote an email about this and I actually put exfoliating at the end and I probably should have put it before the other two things that I'm going to say. Mm, okay. So, one of the things that people probably notice um, during the winter is just kind of that, like that tightness, that like, fl- not flakiness, but it just looks like you've got a layer of just like dead dry skin on the top of your, mm-hmm. of your face. And I get that kind of around my nose and like inner cheeks and my forehead. And you can almost like scratch it off, um, which is kind of gross. But that is not always something that you can moisturize. Like you can't necessarily fix that even using the best products possible. Sometimes you need to get rid of that. So you need to either exfoliate gently with something at home. I'm not a big fan of like physical exfoliation where you scrub because I have very sensitive skin and it always makes me look like a crate. Like I've run 10 miles, my face gets red and it stays red for quite some time. I like an at-home peel. And for years, I was using this lactic acid, like pure, not pure lactic acid, it was like 10% lactic acid peel um, to use at home because there were no at-home peels that I really liked and felt like were were safe to use. And I didn't want to go to the dermatologist for this stuff because that gets expensive. But Beauty Counter came out with the overnight resurfacing peel this year. And that has been the best tool because it uses really gentle, a gentle concentration of varying acids to basically kind of break up and enable you to slough off that dead skin overnight. It takes a little bit of time, um, but it totally works. And so that's an awesome at-home tool. And you can also, if you if you really just feel like the skin is like just sitting there and preventing your products from absorbing, you can go to a great esthetician and talk to them about dermaplaning, which is basically like they take a little razor and they scrape off that top layer of dead skin cells. It's you can Google it; it's pretty interesting, but it I actually really works that. really well. Yeah. So, exfoliating and just making sure there's not that basically barrier on the top of your skin that's preventing all of your products from absorbing. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Good. For today's show, we really want to feature one of our most favorite natural and safer skincare brands. It's called Primally Pure. Y'all, I have been at the Primally Pure headquarters in California. I have seen the care that they pour into their handcrafted products, and I've witnessed the way that they thoughtfully select each and every ingredient. A few of my personal favorites from them are the Baby Bar, which is what we actually use to bathe gray. I love the Body Butter. It's a tallow-based body butter that smells fantastic, especially the vanilla almond scent. It's what I used on my belly when I was pregnant. It's what I use on really dry skin in the winter. I love the charcoal deodorant. It's a safer deodorant with activated charcoal in it. It's wonderful. It does not stain your clothes. I love the everything sprays. Another one of my favorites. It's just an all-star toner with so many thoughtful ingredients. And 
Last but not least, the dry shampoo is my favorite. They have one for dark locks and light locks, and I actually like to apply it to my hair right after I blow dry my hair from after washing it, because I feel like it really helps extend the life of my styles. And I'm thrilled to let you know that Primal Pure is offering a 10% discount for you on your first order if you use the code Fed and Fit 10. That's all one word, F-E-D-A-N-D-F-I-T 10. So head on over to the link in the show notes, or you can go to primallypure.com and use the code FEDANDFIT10 at checkout. Okay. So after that, you ready for me to move on to the next part? I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So after that, you want to do exactly what Cassie said just a moment ago, nourish the skins, nourish the skin and apply moisture. So the way you nourish your skin is with oils. And I feel like this is more popular now than it used to be, but skincare oils are one of the most underrated tools out there. I mean, I love talking about active ingredients. I love talking about all of these kind of really cool discoveries, extracts and things like that, that do amazing things for the skin. Um, But just a really simple skincare oil can go miles. And the cool thing about your skin's lipid barrier, and when we say oil, it's oil is a lipid. Your skin has a lipid barrier, lipid-based barrier. And when you nourish that and reinforce it with lipids in your skincare, you enhance your skin's ability to hold on to moisture from water. Hmm. And I don't know what all those cool sciencey terms are for that. If it's polarity or like one thing's put, so this side hangs on to water and this side hangs on to oil, I don't know. But it's really, really cool. And you can do that, like we talked about with dietary strategies, getting good nourishing fats so your body can build healthy skin cells. But at the same time, you can use topical oils to really nourish the barrier of your skin. Now, this is what something that I did not know for a long time and did not realize the structure of the fat or the, I'm sorry, the oil that you're using Mm -hmm. is important. And coconut oil, the structure of that fatty acid chain in coconut oil is too short to really nourish the lipid layer of your skin. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That's so interesting. So a longer chain fatty acid, like olive oil? Like, I mean, even longer. So like borage oil, or mm. any of the like rose hip seed oil or oh gosh i'm going to i'm going to say this wrong meadow foam i think would be i think that's what it's called um but really almost anything that's used in like the skincare oils that you can mm-hmm. buy for example from beauty counter or um any of the other brands that we love will have some kind of long appropriate long chain fatty acid in it oh Coconut that's so fascinating other stuff i mean it's great for um, you know, infections and fungus, and it can improve your skin, but it's not going to actually nourish the lipid layer of your skin. Makes a lot of sense. So when I was using only coconut oil back in the day before I knew anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. and my skin felt like it was getting drier and drier, yeah, because I wasn't actually adding any moisture. Yep, exactly. That, I, that the lipid bilayer could use. Exactly which is totally fascinating. And you know, um, tallow is one um, that's also really good because you also can use some of the, and now I'm going to forget what the technical term for it is. These might be shorter chain fats, but I do know that tallow does match 
some of the lipids found in the skin. Hmm. So tallow is also a good one. I, I never had success with using that on its own. The really longer chain liquid oils is what has always really done a lot of the legwork for me, but a lot of people love tallow. And I think tallow has a unique ability to restore certain protective aspects of the skin's barrier. So mm-hmm. that's why I think it's great for like rough elbows or, you know, for like eczema type conditions and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I use the tallow-based cream from Primally Pure for mm-hmm. my growing pregnant belly. Perfect, yeah. And it, and it made a huge impact, but I cannot use a tallow-based cream for my face. Yep. Um, I don't have any, I don't have the kind of results that I'm looking for. That's so interesting. Isn't it? Oh, I'm so fascinated by this. You are such a whiz. Okay, so we want to exfoliate ideally chemically. Yes. And I can attest that peel that Liz referenced really is wonderful. I have very sensitive skin also, but I also am a fan of, and I, I remember every time I tell Liz that I like chemical or mechanical exfoliators, I feel like I'm kind of bashful when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> if it works, it works. You know, it's just kind of like my sparkling water habit. I'm just probably not going to kick it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's okay. We can still be friends. Okay, good. But that being said, the peel really, really does work for me and it's helped you know, weaned me off of that crutch that I felt like I had for a physical mechanical exfoliator. And I really love it. I use it twice a week and I have a lot of success. Okay. So after we do that, um, and maybe I'll call up my dermatologist and go get some dermaplaning done. Cause that sounds fabulous. Mm-hmm. Then we nourish yeah. with oils to help yes. rebuild, you know, fluff up our lipid bilayer. And do then some fluffing get some fluffing in there. Um, and then we, and then is there another step or are we pretty much good to go? Yes. So the other thing I like to do is to recommend some kind of cream or serum, whichever one you like better that contains hyaluronic acid. So hyaluronic acid is really, really, really cool molecule. It can hold, or I guess bind like over 1,000 times its own weight in water. And so you want that sidled up to your skin cells because it's going to bring, attract water to your skin. And a lot of products have this, but unless, so it doesn't have to say hyaluronic acid serum or hyaluronic acid moisturizer. A lot of moisturizers will have it, but it will be under sodium hyaluronate, which is the form of hyaluronic acid that your skin can use. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you'll look for that. I personally use a, I use the intense moisture serum, which has hyaluronic acid or sodium hyaluronate in it. Um, there are a couple other options um, that I know of, but you could very easily, you know, Google hyaluronic acid serum or hyaluronic acid moisturizer, look for something like that because that is what, you know, first you nourish the, lay, the lipid bilayer of your skin so it can hold on to moisture and then you add lots of moisture and that's what that's for. Got it. Okay. And the intense moisture serum, is that the counter match one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Got it. That's also a beauty counter product for those who are wondering. Yes. And the cool thing beauty counter has on the web, not to make this a beauty counter advertisement, because it just happens to be the brand that I use for the most part, um, as well as Primally Pure and uh, a couple others as well. Mad Hippie. Um, Sorry. Is that okay for me to be dropping brands? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Good. (laughs) Um, but one cool thing about beauty counters website is you can go select an ingredient and then find out which, which products actually have them in it. So 
the tint skin has it, the dew skin, um, which are both like a foundation type product. So that's helpful. I did not know that Liz. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that you could click on an ingredient on beauty counters website and it will bring up a list of all the products that had it. One piece of useful information that I can contribute regarding <laughs> beauty counter, everything else. I know nothing. <laughs> For those who don't know, um, Liz and I are actually both consultants uh, with Beauty Counter, and Liz is my mentor. We get yeah. to work together all, all the time. Yes. Okay, that's great. Okay, so that's pretty minimal. Do you put a moisturizer on top of that or anything else? So I personally prefer to do <clears throat> oils. Okay, so this is, and I will, I will swap my skincare routine day to night. Like I do one thing in the morning and another thing in the evening because there are mm -hmm. a range of products that I'm addicted to and I just like to switch it up. Um, so in the morning on clean skin, I use that intense moisture serum. And then okay. once that's had time to soak in, <clears throat> then I use the um, Countermatch Adaptive Moisture Lotion, which I think goes on beautifully underneath, um, underneath makeup. Mm -hmm. In the evening is when I will exfoliate. I will put, uh, I'll give that some time to soak in. And, and I usually use like the, the resurfacing peel probably twice a week. But when I'm not using that, I will use my oils. I will give that some time to soak in. And then I will use my moisturizing cream, the hyaluronic acid cream. Um, if I were to use another hyaluronic acid serum at night, I would do that first and then oil and then cream. But this is just me. Most estheticians will tell you to use a cream before you use your oil. I just find that it works better for me the opposite way. And it's okay. You can, <laughs> you can edit at will. It's totally up to you on what works best for your skin. If something isn't working and you switch it up and it does, then stick with what works. Mm -hmm. I sometimes get stuck in like, well, that's not what so-and-so told me to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, feel free to to go rogue on that stuff. Oh, this is so wonderful and so helpful. Okay, just a really quick question before I let you go. I'm sorry, this is running a little long. No worries. What if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, this is all well and good, but I get very dry spots. What would you say for an emergency, more of the same, um, chemical exfoliate, repair lipid bilayer with nourishing oils, and then try to apply some sort of a serum slash moisturizer that contains hyaluronic acid. Do you think it's the approach is the same if they're thinking of or imagining a couple of really dry spots that pop up maybe on their face or body, or is there anything else you would employ at that point in time? That is such a good question. And I think, I think it kind of depends. Obviously that's the answer to a lot of questions, but do I have to, is everything I say have to be safe or can I say something that might get me in trouble? <laughs> please, please say things that might get you in trouble. That would, okay. In all okay. reality though, everybody, I think, I feel like Fed and Fit listeners know that this is a, you know, gather information and then apply where you feel you want to. Well, look, I mean, I kind of look at it as sometimes I'm going to have Thai food or, <laughs> you know, some whatever that fake brand of healthier M&Ms is, I'm going to have those. I yeah. don't, I'm not going to ask people to like put motor oil on their skin. You okay. know? I'm not <laughs> going to tell you to eat airheads and M&Ms all day, but every once in a while, like there's just something that works yes. and can solve the problem more quickly and reliably than we can move on. Then I yeah. think that's awesome. Yeah. I want that answer. Okay. That's the answer I will give then. For the dry spots that pop up, I really, really like Aquaphor. And it's that old like mm -hmm. diaper rash healing. I think it's petroleum based. 
but I think it works wonders at conditioning the skin. Um, I use it on, you know, when I, I had eczema as a kid and my skin every once in a while will still flare up a little bit just right around my elbows. And I will use that on those spots and it is so helpful within a day. So those really frustrating dry spots, it can really help to condition them. So either you can exfoliate them a little bit more effectively or it'll just kind of solve them all together. It should not be comedogenic. It should not cause you to break out, but obviously, mm-hmm. you know, spot test and see how you do with it. But on those little dry spots, it's really, really been helpful to me. I think you do all the normal stuff, but sometimes you just need a little bit of extra help. Oh, that is so wonderful. I'm very reassuring. I think, I hope everybody took a deep breath with that answer. They're like, all right, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Liz said every once in a while, do Aquaphor on the dry spot. (laughs) (laughs) This is so helpful. Thank you so much. Okay. So I'm going to recap as far as topical applications, like we said, for the face, those three steps that Liz talked about for the body, maybe pursue some sort of a tallow-based moisturizer. My favorites are from that Primally Pure brand, the Body Butter, the Almond and Vanilla is my personal favorite scent. Um, But I think that's been great for body. And then, and then, yeah, I think that I, I love your approach to skin. And like Liz said, do what works for you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Any other pearls of wisdom or nuggets? I think you got all of them. <laughs> I got them I'm all. I'm just happy that I remembered everything. <laughs> you did so great. Yeah. Liz, thank you so much. Anytime. For- Please ask me to come on more often. This is lovely. This was lovely. You know, in, in total transparency, I texted Liz about four hours ago. <laughs> and, and I was her. like, yay, impromptu hangout. <laughs> we like to mix work and play. We do. Yeah, that's what, that's what it's all about. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing everything. As always, y'all, you can find Liz over at the Balanced Bites podcast. Again, you can grab a copy of her book, Eat the Yolks, which has even more good geeky science in there because I know y'all love that. You can find her over at realfoodliz.com and give Baby Making and Beyond a quick Google or we'll have all of this linked up in the show notes. Liz, thanks a lot. It means the world to have you come on and share so much with this audience. And for everybody else, we'll be back again next week. 